0: Hey y'all, welcome back to Noir Murders. I'm your host, Renetta Rideout, and today I'm going to shake things up a bit. I know at the conclusion of the last episode, I told you all that the next story would be about Jakisha Brown, but I've decided to hold off on that one for a minute and instead will bring a little light to this podcast. Today, you'll hear a tale of survival. Survival born out of violence and terror within our heroine's relationship. All the stories I've shared so far have included intimate partner violence endured by the victims. After hearing these stories, I've noticed that most of us ask the same question. Why didn't she just leave? And hey, no shade. I'm guilty of it too. But no matter how normalized the question is, it remains problematic because we are placing the onus on the victims of these stories. Instead, we should focus on the accountability of the perpetrator and the system and environments that created the problems. Today's story chronicles the relationship of LaSonia and her ex-boyfriend, Larry. While the story's heroine survived, you will become hyper-aware that leaving an abusive relationship isn't as easy as snapping your fingers like many of us think. My hope is that LaSonia's story is one that we can learn from and share the lesson within our communities. This is the story of Lasonia Aji. Lasonia Aji lived the last four years of her life in absolute terror. You see, she was in an incredibly violent and terrifying relationship with her boyfriend, Larry. The couple lived in Chicago, Illinois with their son. LaSonia shared on her GoFundMe campaign that her relationship with Larry became abusive after the birth of their son in 2017. She didn't provide details about the relationship up to that point. But she mentioned it took time before she even realized the relationship was abusive. Lasonia recounted that small, insignificant disagreements began to escalate to big and dangerous problems. She described it as, quote, a small dispute that got worse over time, end quote. By 2020, the turmoil within her relationship with Larry reached new and terrifying heights and it became crystal clear that she had to get out. But how? LaSonia lost her mother when she was a young girl and was raised by her extended family. And while they are a close, supportive family, Larry knew them, knew where they lived, and he knew their limitations. Obviously, LaSonia's primary concern were her and her son's safety but also the safety of her family. So this made leaving tricky. LaSonia began trying to protect herself by using the law and she obtained a restraining order. She wanted to make sure that if Larry showed up after her departure, that she would have some legal means of protecting herself. After she got the RO, she quickly and discreetly left the home shared with Larry and she and her son moved into an apartment of their own. Lasonia was careful to not even whisper the fact that she was leaving. One day, she simply left, seemingly without a trace. So for all the coulda, shoulda, woulda folks out there, Lasonia has done all the quote-unquote right things up to this point. But unfortunately, those things really didn't matter. Not long after the clandestine move, Larry found out where Lasonia and the baby were and showed up at the apartment. Armed with the restraining order, Lasonia called the police in hopes they would be able to arrest him for violation of the court order. But that's not what happened. According to Lasonia, Larry resisted arrest when the police arrived. Now, it's not clear whether Larry simply evaded police or they just didn't show up. But based on what happened next, it's clear Larry was not in police custody. The following day, After Lasonia came home with her grandmother, the two women came face to face with the deranged Larry who surprised them after hiding in the utility closet inside Lasonia's apartment. He boldly walked out with a gun in hand, using it to threaten and terrorize Lasonia and her grandmother. Apparently, he was outraged by the fact that Lasonia had gotten her own apartment and a restraining order without his knowledge. Yeah, Imagine the whole nerve of her for not wanting to live in terror. Get out of here with that, bruh. Anyway, in his rage, Larry proceeded to vandalize and destroy Lasonia's new apartment. He shattered every single window in her unit. She hadn't even been there long enough to get a bed yet. And here this man was destroying her new home. In a video Lasonia posted, you can see that all the windows had been boarded up and the landlord was sweeping up some of the glass and window frame in one of the rooms. And while the landlord was sympathetic to Lasonia's situation, he really couldn't afford that type of problem in its building. So he asked her to leave. So again, here's Lasonia having done the supposed right thing and again, hit a wall. As a result of her immediate eviction and the fear of bringing danger to her family, Lasonia felt she had no choice but to go back with Larry. And when she did, of course, things got worse. At that time, Lasonia worked at the U.S. Postal Service as a mail carrier. She earned a pretty good income and was able to stack her chips so she could buy a car. A month after making the purchase. Larry deliberately wrecked the car by driving it into a garage. I can't even imagine how LaSonia felt after seeing her brand new car be destroyed in Larry's violent tantrum. But I imagine it was a combination of pissed off and scared. The damage to her car is another textbook example of the control abusers like to take from their victims. Larry wanted to dominate Lasonia and force her to live in a constant state of panic and dependency. By this time, as you can imagine, this abuse cycle began to negatively impact everyone and everything around Lasonia, including her place of employment. She began to regularly call out from work in a desperate attempt to hide her battle wounds, black eyes and bruises that marked her body, courtesy of Larry. When she did go to work, her days were filled with anxiety and dread of what would come to pass each evening. LaSonia eventually confided in her co-workers and supervisors about what she was going through, and they chose to support her, which was valiant of them. Some coworkers saw Larry stalking the branch, and that freaked them out too. But instead of abandoning LaSonia, they began to walk her to the parking lot so she wouldn't be alone. Shout out to her co-workers for offering some compassion during her time of need. I imagine their support offered a spot of light in the darkness LaSonia faced. In an effort to help her gain some space from Larry, at least during working hours, LaSonia was given a full-time position and transferred to a new location. Thanks to this upgrade, she was able to secretly buy another car. This time hiding the vehicle and keeping the details about what it looked like hidden from Larry. But it's hard to hide something like that while living with him. It didn't take long for Larry to find out Lasonia purchased another car. And when he did, the discovery of the new car, quote, ended with another fight, end quote. Now, here this woman is trying to better her and her son's lives. And this man is out here doing the absolute most to derail all of her efforts. A few days after the car was discovered, Larry took the keys and purposely drove the car into a pole. To make sure he inflicted ultimate damage, he busted out all the car windows with the baseball bat, just like he did her apartment. And as if that wasn't bad enough, Larry then proceeded to chase Lasonia with the bat, threatening to beat her with it next. Somehow she managed to call police and again, Larry ran from them. But this time he didn't run alone. He went back and took their son and hid from the police. Now, Lasonia was somewhat free of Larry because he had to lay low, right? To evade the police but as you probably guessed, Larry used their son as bait to try to coerce LaSonia to come back willingly. Naturally, LaSonia told the police that Larry had taken her son, but without a formal custody agreement in place, there was nothing the police could do. Larry was entitled to take their son from her without any legal ramifications. Even with him being on the run, Even with the restraining order against him, there would be no legal recourse. I hope you've never had to experience anything so scary and frustrating, but I can say from personal experience that this scenario sucks hard. As the mom, you know your child isn't safe, but the law isn't on your side because technically you both have 50-50 custody. You're basically left to feel helpless and afraid. It's total and complete madness, and I'm sure LaSonia was at her wit's end, and yet she still persevered onward. I assume that by now, LaSonia was staying with her family without her son and continued to go to work every day, striving to save enough money to have her car repaired and find a new place to live. LaSonia's job was her lifeline and afforded her the funds to plan and save for her future. But sadly, even that was about to be taken from her. One day after arriving at work, she was called into the office and informed that USPS was terminating her employment. And you will not believe the absolutely ridiculous reason why. Supposedly, a insert air quote man reported that Lasonia had stolen mail. Allegedly, this so-called mysterious man found the quote-unquote stolen mail in his garbage along with Lasonia's son's birth certificate. Boy, what? Like, for real, this is the stupidest concocted story ever. So you mean to tell me this woman who was recently promoted and is desperate to keep her job by all accounts is just gonna steal some mail then proceed to throw it away without even trying to cover her tracks, along with her son's birth certificate? Somebody make it make sense. I honestly can't believe this story was credible enough to cost Lasonia her job, but I guess they had to make the best decision they could based on the complaint? I don't know. Lasonia's narrative doesn't further explain if the identity of the man was ever revealed or whether crazy Larry actually admitted he was the culprit. However, there's a pretty strong implication that Larry was behind this whole fiasco. The loss of her job was a hard pill to swallow because obviously she needed that job. It was the only thing she had that gave her some independence and chances to get free of Larry's clutches, but it was what it was. I'm not sure whether LaSonia found employment elsewhere, or if she just saved up as much as she could during her time at the post office. But she continued to push on and was able to get her car fixed, and she even continued looking for a new place to live. One day, she came across an ad for an apartment that was for rent, and it fit her budget perfectly. Lasonia made the decision to check the apartment out in person, but she admitted she had a bad feeling about it. It was like her intuition tried to warn her not to go, but she ignored that internal warning and went to the apartment, which I totally get. At this point, she just was looking for a solution. When she walked through the front door, guess who was there to greet her? You guessed it, Crazy Larry. Now, I have absolutely no idea how he orchestrated such an elaborate trap, but Here he was, big as shit, and as usual, he confronted Lasonia about leaving him and dangled the prospect of seeing her son in her face to entice her to come back. So obviously, this man is seriously unwell in the head, but his ploy worked because that day, Lasonia made the decision to go back to Larry. By this time, she was just exhausted and completely run down and needed time to regroup. The worry and longing for her son combined with the loss of her job was just all too much. But because our girl is a fighter, she wasn't with Larry long. As soon as the first opportunity presented itself, she took her son and got the hell out of Dodge. Yes, sis. Yes. Listen, the fight in LaSonia's soul amazes me. She never stopped trying to get away. In so many of these cases, victims are often too immobilized by their justified fear and stop trying to run. This was not LaSonia's experience and her courage continued to push her forward. But per the usual, she was still accessible to Larry. He stalked her and would show up at random places to attack and fight her. When he wasn't doing that, He stayed blowing up her phone day and night. He even went so far as committing fraud and stealing money from LaSonia's bank accounts. Larry basically would do anything he could to disrupt LaSonia's life. Now it's February, 2021, and all the craziness of the last few years came to a head. On Valentine's Day, as she drove the car, she heard a noise coming from the back. When she turned to see what it was, what she saw was crazy Larry ducked down in the back seat. Turns out he found a way to get inside her trunk and hid there for a while before entering the back seat. Now, I'm not even sure how he managed that, or how the scenario ended because LaSonia didn't provide additional details, but I can only assume it was more of the same. Larry making threats, attacking her, causing a scene, etc. At any rate, she was able to get away. On February 21st, exactly one week after the VA joyride with Crazy Larry in the backseat, a neighbor's surveillance camera captured footage of LaSonia's car with her at the wheel her son in the back seat, her grandmother standing at the driver's door and her uncle at the front passenger side with the door ajar. It's not clear whether her grandmother and uncle had been in the car with her before, but they were at least standing around the car when LaSonia and her son arrived. A black sedan can be seen slightly up ahead of LaSonia's car. It looks like the car is waiting for LaSonia's uncle to close the front passenger door and move out of the street. But eventually, the mysterious car speeds off and exits the frame. A few seconds later, her uncle closes the door and walks behind the car and out of the way so LaSonia could park. As she's parking, the black sedan enters the frame again, speeding down the street in reverse, y'all. The driver backs up next to LaSonia's car on the passenger side. Because there's no audio for the video, you can just tell that words are being exchanged between the two cars. And then in the blink of an eye, Larry gets out of the driver's seat. He's yelling at Lasagna, trying to convince her to go with him. And listen, sis is simply tired of his shit and basically tells him where to go and that she isn't going anywhere with him. Maybe it was something in her voice that let him know she was for real, for real, or maybe he had finally lost his last marble, but whatever it was that triggered him, the next thing anyone knew was that bullets began to fly. Larry shot Lasonia first, then shot her uncle behind the car. As all that was happening, LaSonia's grandmother made a very speedy run for it and almost made it to safety when the violence turned to her. Larry shot her in the back as she was running. With everyone's defenses totally down, he then took the opportunity to try to finish LaSonia off and shot her several more times with their son inside the car. The man was so gung-ho about inflicting this act of violence on the victims that when he hopped out of his car, he didn't put it in park. So as he's out there shooting people, his car begins to roll forward. It was this that snapped Larry out of his murderous rage and he jumped into his car and sped back down the street out of frame. The neighbors who captured this video were scared to death that this fool would come back, so they waited a minute before approaching the vehicle and the victims. Just then, Lasonia's three-year-old son can be seen crawling over the seats and out the driver's door, trying to get his mom to move. Thankfully, the boy was unharmed. Lasonia said in an interview with Regina Waldrup for NBC5 Chicago News that her son was trying to help her up and saying, quote, come on, mom, come on, end quote. The poor little boy had to see his father shoot his family and now his mom was down and bleeding. What was going through his young mind? It really just breaks my heart to even speculate about what he was thinking and how he felt. It was at that moment when the neighbors realized there was a child present. By the account of the woman whose camera filmed the whole scene, They were afraid the shooter would return. They'd already called 911, but they wanted to get the baby out of there. So all these neighbors started cautiously, but purposefully entering the frame, each person tending to a victim. Most of the focus was on poor LaSonia and her son. Eventually help arrived and transported the victims to the hospital. When it was all said and done, at least 19 bullets were shot at LaSonia's car and family that day. LaSonia's body caught most of those rounds. She was shot 11 times, mostly in her pelvic area and legs. However, she posted a photo of one bullet hole in the bottom right corner of the back of her head. Her grandmother and uncle were shot eight times between the two of them, but by the grace of God, everyone survived. LaSonia shared that she was terrified because Larry still was not in police custody. Even now, I cannot confirm whether Larry was eventually arrested because I was only able to find one official news source that reported on this story and there's been no follow-up. LaSonia even commented about the lack of media coverage and how it seemed like no one was even looking for him or cared, and sadly, this is all too familiar. The stories of Black women being attacked in any capacity are hardly ever given any attention from the media and law enforcement alike. Meanwhile, their attackers walk among the general population, free and capable to harm or kill again. LaSonia was eventually released from the hospital and her GoFundMe campaign was successful. Many generous souls helped her surpass her goal, and from what I can tell, she took the money and is laying very low. I can only hope she relocated somewhere outside of Chicago and hopefully is living in peace with her son while healing from the trauma they endured. As for Crazy Larry, I have no idea what happened to him. I do know that after the shooting rampage, he went live from one of his social media accounts to basically show his little followers how touched he is in the head and to incoherently ramble about what he did. He talked about how he was tired of running. I assume he was referencing running from the police and made veiled references to suicide. It's hard to know for sure what he was trying to say because his rant was all over the place. One thing that did stick out, though, was Larry's claim that he loved LaSonia so much. Sprinkled throughout his word vomit was this declaration of quote-unquote love. He made it sound like It was the love that forced him to commit these heinous acts of violence against Lasonia for years. If you want to hear his ramblings, which I do not recommend, but, you know, do you, you can listen to it on Lasonia's GoFundMe page. The link will be in the episode description. And hey, while you're there, leave a donation if you can. I'd like to address this so-called love Larry has for Lasonia. This is something a lot of abusers say about their victims, and they often blame said love for the atrocious acts they commit. I can't help but wonder what led Larry down this road. My mind immediately turns to his childhood and environment. Maybe he grew up in a home where abuse was normal, or perhaps he was neglected and unloved and grew up to be super insecure. Now, I know not every person who was abused or neglected grows up to shoot their partner 11 times, but there are enough statistics out there that acknowledge many abusers had abusive or neglected upbringings. This calls to mind Lasonia's son. He was born into violence and witnessed many violent behaviors and tendencies throughout his young life. There's no telling how these experiences may impact his life as an adult. But my hope is that he obtains the mental help he will need to unlearn some of the horrible things he absorbed. I truly hope he is away with Lasonia healing in his own way. In closing, if you or someone you know is enduring abuse of any kind, you don't have to go at it alone. There are resources available to help. Beyond seeking legal assistance, research has shown that victims who seek structured assistance from programs designed to deal with these types of events have higher odds of freeing themselves from their violent relationships. As we learned from LaSonia's story, simply leaving isn't easy and can still risk your life and the lives of those you love. The best chance you have is to get help from those trained to assess your level of danger and systematically remove you from harm. For help or more information, please reach out to www.loveisrespect.org or the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's S-A-F as in Frank E. Or you can text START, S-T-A-R-T, to... Eight, eight, seven, eight, eight. As always, thanks for listening. If you have any recommendations for other stories of survivals, hit me up on IG at Massage Murders. That's M I S O G Y N O I R Murders. This episode was written and produced by by Renetta Rideout.